Welcome to Murder, She Don't, the movie podcast where we watch horror films because I love them. But I don't. But then we talk about them because she can talk your ear off. Can. She can. And do. So today we are talking about a 2006 film by Scott Glosserman, written, produced, directed by Scott Glosserman, called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. It stars Nathan Basel, I think is how you say his name, and Angela Gothels, small parts by Robert Ingelund, and Zelda Rubinstein, who are some horror movie aficionados will recognize them. Who who was Robert England? <laughs> he was the doctor. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I remembered seeing his name in the credits, but I couldn't he place was the doctor. him. Yeah. He was out of Freddy makeup. That's what it was. He was the, the Ahab <laughs> guy. Yeah. So before we get into the film, yes. we talk about the sensitivities. Mm-hmm. And what kind of sensitivities do you think for this one? It's a slasher, so there is some gore to it. There's a creepy mask. If you don't like creepy masks, then <laughs> yeah. stay away. But it's it's a mockumentary, so it's a little bit more fun and lighthearted. It's meant as a comedy, but there are elements of the typical slasher. There is a very film. stalky. Yes. If you've if you've got problems with uh, watching people get stalked or people stalking people, then mm-hmm. that might be a problem. But this one's pretty light. Yeah, and I don't think any animals were depicted, just humans. Yeah, being harmed. I mean. Before we get into the meat of the story, would you recommend they watch this one before listening to the podcast or just skip it and listen to us instead? This is an easy watch. So if you are like me and don't like horror movies, but your significant other best friend person that you hang out with the most roommate wants to watch a horror movie, this is one that you can recommend and and get through it pretty well. I would also recommend this one. It's a good one. It's not hard watch. It's fun. Short. I don't know how short it is. <laughs> What's the runtime on it? 92 minutes. That's not very long. I one hour and 32 make it minutes. In one night, though. <laughs> so, the movie, like we said a minute ago, it's a mockumentary, but only partially. We see the kind of stalkery scene where a girl is closing a restaurant and she goes out to put the trash into the dumpster and she's by herself and she thinks she hears something. So she turns and there's guy standing kind of in the shadows when she turns back and we as the audience see him. She does not, but she catches him out of the corner of her eye. She turns to run to go back in because she's a little bit of spooked and a little bit of spooked. She's a little bit spooked. She's a little bit spooked. And so she goes to run back inside and all of a sudden the brick that she uses to prop open the door slides out and the door slams and is locked. And so she can't get inside. And that's how the movie opens. But then it kind of backtracks a little bit. And that one is shot on, I believe, film or like digital. Mm -hmm. But the other parts are shot on video, it looks like. It's got a very grainy look to it. So the documentary parts are shot like a documentary and the film parts are shot like a film, like on a better film quality. We meet Taylor, Doug, and Todd, although we don't see Doug and Todd until almost the end of the movie. Taylor is making a documentary about slashers. Well, they all are. They're like part of the group, but she's the one that's in front. Right. She's she's the, the face of the, the thing. Right. And then Doug and Todd are like the cameraman sound guys. It's almost as if they are doing their final project for a college course in radio TV film kind of thing, and they 
pick up on this story and they're a bunch of college kids trying to put together a decent product and they put together this little like a uh, news thing where it's like oh you've heard the names of freddie and michael and jason who go around killing teenagers during the summers or some even say they can kill you in your sleep and so you know in this world like all these guys exist and are like a real thing and so this movie the documentary is about this guy leslie who is the subject of a local urban legend about how he was drowned and abused by his parents I mean, there's more to it than that. Like there's, you know, the story, they don't show this part, but they, the story is the townsfolk come, doesn't he kill his own parents? Yeah. The story is that he was abused by his stepfather and his mother. And so one night in a rage, he murdered them both. Then the townsfolk found out about this and came and threw him in the the river and where he drowned. But not before binding his hands behind him. But they never found him, so they're always like, oh, he'll come back someday. And that's the urban legend of it's like Echo Park or whatever the name of the town is. Right. We meet Leslie, and he's explaining, like, okay, this is what we do. This is, we plan everything out beforehand. All these slasher movies that you've seen in real life, we plan everything out. The reason they never go climb out of a window onto a tree is because we've cut all the branches and beforehand. And it's all the super planning we have to go in, and we have to make sure it's the right girl, and we have to make sure she's a virgin, and we have to make sure she's, you know, going to be tough enough to take us out. Because that's the idea behind the slasher movie is, you know, they they... They fight back. They fight back. She's a survivor girl. Right. And she has to have the right mix of friends because if she's friend with all jocks, of course, the jocks are going to be too strong and you need a a nice smattering (laughs) of of stoners in there to make sure that... You get your body count up. Absolutely. (laughs) And, oh, he did mention that you have to have a couple in there so that they can be boning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stoning and boning. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you want a (laughs) t-shirt. So they, you know, he, he kind of takes them to this area, this college town area and they're kind of people watching and he goes i already have mine but i'm not ready to to show that card yet but yeah you're gonna be wanting to look for these people and he kind of points out a girl and he's like like her and then she notices them sitting in a van watching people and she's kind of skeeved out by it and kind of does this bewildered look and he goes are we did we feel each other oh my god did you see her notice me and like (laughs) it's super giddy about it's kind of creepy it really is really creepy but Taylor is just like, huh, okay, there's more to it than I thought. And so you start seeing her. They go and they meet his mentor. Eugene. Eugene. Played by Scott Wilson. Scott Wilson. And he plays Eugene, who was a slasher from back in the day. And he's got this very young, beautiful wife. Well, not soup, like much younger than he is. Yes. Beautiful wife. She's probably in her 40s, but he's in his like 60s. And it's later alluded that she's the survivor girl. Yes. Like, yes. They, they, they make got a, together. There's a funny joke they make in this where uh, Leslie's like, you have to practice your cardio because you got to make it look like when everybody else is running away, you're just walking towards them, but you've got to keep up with them too. So. <laughs> It, it, it's just all the training and everything and he talks and they make a joke later on about how you know she was so fast and she was oh, i almost got away from you yeah and was, so that's weird yeah that's very stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. we meet eugene mm-hmm. they knock on the door and the wife the young beautiful wife is like oh he's out in the tank out back we should like, go get him it's been a couple of days and they're like what and he's describing like it's a desensitization tank kind of like in uh, stranger things where 11 kind of focuses her her energy but in this tank they just practice being dead <laughs> <laughs> 
So that when the survivor girl does hit back and she thinks, oh, okay, it's done, she can look at him and wait for his chest to rise and it doesn't. So they need to practice being dead so that she can turn and kind of sigh a breath of relief and then turn back and <gasps> he's gone. So there's this whole thing about it. But yeah, he's been in there for a couple of days. So they go out there. Taylor's kind of looking at the cameraman like, oh my God, he's actually dead. They've they've left him in like, this has gone he's too been too long and of course he comes to and oh my god it's been a couple of days he, he says is it still tuesday and he goes tuesday it's thursday and he kind of helps him get out of there and of course he's wobbly and trying to get his breath regulated again <laughs> but that's how we meet eugene you start to see taylor kind of romanticize the idea of a murderer and well, right. she and starts eugene starts giving like this speech about how like oh we are the reflection and you know without this the dark side that we provide these girls will never show the light side and the good and the toughness of humanity you know and i think that helps taylor start kind of rationalizing in her brain like oh well it's it's okay to watch this because there's a you know i'm a journalist i have somebody has to film it it's got this i don't know it's kind of, uh, did you ever see that movie Nightcrawler with Jake G- Gyllenhaal? No, I haven't. Jake Gyllenhaal? Gillen? Gyllenhaal. 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 Now you have me second guessing. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. That's Jake Gyllenhaal. It it's this, this movie about this guy who's a like a, a crime reporter or whatever. Uh, he runs a like crappy site and it's all about just getting the bloodiest photos and putting them up so that, you know, he gets, he's just for money. And that's kind of what it reminds me of this, but that movie was taken very, very seriously. And this one is kind of a slasher jokey movie. Mm-hmm. And it's legit, but that idea of like, where does the journalism have to stop and where do you have a right or have a responsibility to help people? And Taylor's view of this is much different than Jake Gyllenhaal Jake Jake Guy Gyllenhaal yeah you start to see Taylor fall in love with Leslie as you're watching it you're like no no like really it's a very weird infatuation she gets with him and it's unethical for two reasons number one he's planning to murder people he has already stalked a girl she knows nothing really about him she only knows his profession which is murderer so number one number two this is her subject for her journalism project her documentary whatever it's unethical like this is your well the first time that he takes them out for like part of the stalking which we saw at the beginning of the movie when the girl gets scared by the the guy that's they're filming it Mm-hmm. And she helps him. She pulls the brick out from from the the door, so it slams shut and scares her. Like that's already unethical. If Absolutely, you're... you you are now involved in in. And from the jump, she's all about helping, and you know that was after like okay, that happens at the beginning of the movie, but that doesn't happen like it flashes back. Right, and right. So that doesn't happen until she's already met Eugene and already done. Right, all the that. first night that they go out, but like that's like, what, that's what I meant. She's like, already decided that she's in love with him by that point. I think so? Yeah. See, I never thought she was in love with him. I thought she was oh, infatuated Oh, no. She was doe-eyed for him so hard. Like, she was twitterpated. <laughs> and it was just unethical from all sides. And I'm just like, no, no. But then you start to sympathize and like, oh, this is cool and whatever. And they're kind of deconstructing the formula, Mm -hmm. right? But what I didn't get was the whole like running thing that you mentioned with, what was it, Halloween? Uh You're like, all I can think of is just him just booking it. And you said it'll come back up in in, uh, Behind the Mask. But Well, that was the thing, the whole. That was one line. Well, right. but (laughs) I wanted to see it happen. Oh, (laughs) 
it, once you've watched enough slasher films, you've seen it happen a million times. Like especially with the Jason movies, where you're like, oh, oh, how's he? Because Jason always moves very deliberately, and mm-hmm. you never see him run, but he always catches up with everybody. Once you watch all the Jason movies, you're gonna be like, oh my god. The only Jason movie I've seen didn't, didn't have, have Jason, Jason in, in it. it. <laughs> Still mad about that, huh? I just i I don't know if I want that bubble burst. I don't know <laughs> if I should watch another Jason movie. Just don't you want to see the one where he goes into space? Because it's amazing. I don't know about that, but no, like I know I I I've seen it in Halloween, but mm-hmm. I want to see the behind the scenes of him running to get that mental image. I guess it's harder for me to get that mental image of him just like running behind the laundry line. Well, you get to see like him arriving places in this one. It was it wasn't so much like him running. It was him. Oh, he pops up over here because he's he's but he's out of breath, you know. So you know he's just like had to do a quick jog from here to there, and then he jumps behind here. Okay, did you see that? Did you get scared? Oh, I got it. That sort of thing. Okay, but like when the actual film part starts, right, right, right. you don't see that anymore. Right, like once the film part starts, you don't really see much from his point of view. It's all now. It's now like a traditional horror movie mm-hmm. where it's you don't know who Leslie is behind the mask. He's just this crazy guy out to kill everybody. Yeah. So he takes them back to the house where all of this is going to happen. And he's kind of showing how he has nailed down all of the The windows windows are nailed down and and cut all the branches off. And he starts mapping out what's going to happen. You know, so and so and so and so are going to want a stone and bone. Well, bone. The stoners are going to be stoning and the boners are going to be boning. And... So they're going to come up here. And while they're here, this is home base, right? So I'm going to be in this like walk-in closet area. And this is the staging area. And then once they, you know, have a good time, I'm going to go in there and kill them. And then after I kill them, I'll set it up like they're sleeping. So if somebody walks in and sees two bodies, they're just going to be like, oh, they got tired. They went to sleep after they boned. He was going to move the bodies here. And then what was the virgin's name? The survivor girl. Oh, Kelly. Kelly. And then Kelly is going to run out here and she's going to find this body and she's going to get scared. So she's going to grab one of the weapons near the door that I've already sabotaged. So one swing and the axe head is going to fall off and, you know, she's not going to be able to. I just have to hope she doesn't get lucky on the first swing kind of thing. And then she's going to realize that she can't kill me with it. So then she's going to run up here and go into the loft. And then that's where the Ahab's going to come. And they're like the Ahab and. I think this was before, actually. You meet the Ahab beforehand okay. because the first time. So we need to we need to back up and tell about the library. Yes. So Leslie does the scare at her work, but then he sets up a Kelly's yes, Kelly's Kelly, work. Kelly's work. He he scares Kelly at the job, and then decides that you know to further kind of put her on edge. What he's going to do is uh, plant a newspaper article that well she'll be able to find you know she he plans i think beforehand that he's going to kill the librarian because kelly kind of knows her and it'll be the first death that's kind of near her and so we see it all in the documentary format for the most part of leslie running behind the scenes all the stacks of books and he's got to replace one of the microfiche which we went into last time what microfiche are so we don't have to do that again what microfiche is what (laughs) It's a film that you can... So uh, he replaces the microfiche and then he sets a copy of the article 
nearby so it'll like she'll just happen to run into it and she does and he it's an altered article where he has changed it so that it sounds like her uncle had raped his mother which would make them cousins and that's the reason he's going to come after her and he set up this elaborate backstory that's not true the plan starts going into motion he kills the librarian played by zelda rubenstein uh from the poltergeist films but she was also in 16 candles question mark don't quote me on that after that, while he's kind of like menacing Kelly, somebody shows up and shoots at him with a gun and misses him. And it's played by Robert Inglud. In- he doesn't miss him. Oh, that's right. He does. He tags he's him in the shoulder, doesn't he's, he? He's, he's wearing, wearing a vest. He's wearing a vest. He talks about later how he's wearing a vest. Yes. Mm-hmm. He hits him. They get away. The doctor takes, or well, who will find out is named Dr. Halloran, I think. Yes. Robert England's character takes Kelly away and <laughs> Leslie gets super excited. He's like, I've got an Ahab. I've got an Ahab. Taylor. Taylor is like sitting there jumping in. We have an Ahab. We have an Ahab. We- Wait, what's an Ahab? <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's a Moby Dick reference, and it's you know the guy that is stalking you like you're stalking your victim. It's your villain, your arch nemesis. And so yeah, we meet Doc Halloran, and he's a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist. Taylor decides the next morning that she, I don't think, the idea wasn't to warn Kelly, but it was to kind of get close to Kelly to see who she was. She goes into her place of work and sets up and is going to kind of record her, but then they notice that Doc Halloran is sitting in the restaurant kind of near one of the other windows, and he sees them, and before they can talk to Kelly, he comes over and is like, why are you recording her? What are you guys doing here? And I think she's there because she wants to see why Leslie is so obsessed with Kelly. Like, she's jealous. She's hands down jealous. She says, like, she puts up the guise that it's for the documentary. It's not for the freaking documentary. It's like, what does she have that I don't have? That is what that is. But Doc Halloran reveals to them that Leslie is not who he says he was. Leslie Vernon is not Leslie Vernon. His name is Leslie Mancuso? Mancuso, yes. And that he's a psychiatric patient from Reno, Nevada. Doc Halloran has followed him there because he he knew he was going to... He had this mental illness that made him think he was a slasher serial killer person and he came to stop him the next time taylor sees leslie she confronts him about it and it's like you know you're not who you say you are and they have a heated discussion and and he he pulls out the well i thought you trusted me i thought this was all part of the process the trust was part of the process and i i'm not feeling very trusted right now and she goes why should i trust you you're not even telling me the truth and blah 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 blah. so there's that whole like breakup argument type of thing and they go their separate ways and then there is a scene where it shows Leslie kind of leaning up against a car and the van drives up and we we see Leslie <laughs> this part was really funny to me we see Leslie because one of the camera guys is standing behind him but we don't see that camera guy until the van comes up and they follow Taylor getting out and going up to Leslie and like filming from the direction of Taylor. And so we see the the other camera guy in the shot, which shouldn't have been. But yeah. And so she leans up against the car too. And he's like, so what's up? And she's like, I've made my decision. And so that's when I think he goes on to show them the house and he's getting really excited and he has everything planned out. And it's like the next night or something that the whole thing was supposed to go down. Comes the night of the, the event, the, 
kids are going to go up to the apple orchard, which, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned he... Yeah. The, the scene of the is an old apple orchard. So everybody shows up. Taylor and the camera guys are hiding out in the staging area. The stoners are stoning. The boners come up to bone and they start hearing it and they're like, oh my God, it, it's happening just like he said it would. And they're just kind of looking at each other and he goes, okay, it's showtime. And he takes out his scythe, which I think is a really cool slasher tool. Yeah, I love the way Leslie looks. Like, yeah. He's got a very creepy mask with like that weird hair coming off of it. Yeah. And he's got, although the bare feet is weird. Makes sense though. But he's wearing like ripped up dirty long johns with the overalls and mm-hmm. the little scythe. And I'm just like, yeah, he does look like creepy apple boy. Yeah, absolutely. But he has a scythe and he pulls down his mask and goes into the room and you hear squelching, I think is what mm-hmm. the <laughs> closed captioning said. And nobody screams because he's that fast. And they are sitting in there hearing it. And that's when the bubble bursts, right? The honeymoon is over. She realizes this is unethical to be in love with this guy. She realizes everything that she has done up to this point, helping him terrorize and stalk a girl, just being a party to, like this, she's an yeah. accomplice. She's yeah. an accomplice, hands down. And she's just like, oh my God, we have to help them. We have to, we have to tell them. And the camera guys are like, dude, it's leslie man like we're buds like no like i don't think it's cool that he's killing people but you know whatever and so they they try to talk her down and leslie comes back in on a high because he has just killed his two first like big victims of the night and he comes in he's like okay that went good and he sees her fate and he's like nope not doing this so he ushers all three of them out takes them to their van and is like this is over this is done i knew you were gonna you were you were going to flip the script like this like we're we're it's over you have that face he's like you have the face that says you can't let this happen or something along the lines of that and she's just like what you you can stop here like we can run away and blah 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 blah. and so they're trying to convince each other of each other's side and he's just like nope go dasvidanya done and he starts walking back to the house and the boys are trying to convince her like let's just go let's just go let's go and she's like no we have to help them Uh, he's gonna kill all of them and so he you know the boys are like no because he can kill us we've just seen him murder people like he's totally capable we know all of his like we weren't plotting against him but we know his plan and she goes exactly so we can help the boys are like no she's like well sit there with your balls in your hands i guess and then walks back towards the house earlier the vehicles that the other kids the stoners the boners the other victims Mm -hmm. The group of victims. The the cars that they drove up in, Leslie went and grabbed the spark plugs out of them. So they, they are inoperable. Slashes all the tires, all of that nine. So she goes back in. She's like, oh, the power's out. This is where we're at in the plan. We also should point out that the entire movie, they've been cutting back and forth between documentary style and horror movie mm-hmm. kind of film style. Once they decide that they're going to help the kids, it's no more documentary style. They put the cameras down and it's just presented as a horror film. Yeah, but with all the prior knowledge of the Right, right. We, we saw everything that's going to happen. Yeah. And so the power gets cut off and they're like, oh, okay, he must be down in the basement. Power went off just like he said it would. He's about to kill so-and-so. And sure enough, they come in, they hear a scream or whatever. And they're like, okay, they see the stoners on the couch and they're like, come on guys, you're in danger. We got to go. And they're like, what? They go upstairs. They're like, we need to get Kelly. Yeah. Because she's the leader or whatever. Yeah. She'll be able to get this group in together. Yeah. Once we get Kelly out of this situation, she'll grab the others. They'll follow and it'll be done for him because he really wants Kelly. Kelly's his, his, his prize, his goal. 
And so they go upstairs, and um, Kelly is not a virgin. Turns out she is a boner. So she's sitting there, not <laughs> reverse there. cowgirl, mm-hmm. like twirling a shirt above her head or something. Like clearly not n- her ain't deflowering. Her first rodeo. <laughs> no, haha. Uh-huh. I see yeah, what you did see? there. <laughs> <laughs> cowgirl rodeo <Blah. laughs> i love the re- the reaction of the guys are like huh what nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah there 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 was some gross yeah the fact that she's 17 and the camera <laughs> so guys are gross. like uh, uh, i don't uh. think she's that young i think i don't she's think the actress age. really is but they they mentioned she's 17 in the movie. Really? Yeah, because she goes to that high school. That's how they know all the stoners and boners and everybody is because they're high school students together. Dude, I all like as I was watching it, I put them in 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 college. Like, nope, they're they're high school. <sighs> they were clearly younger than the college kids making the mockumentary. Yes. They are making a documentary. It, it is a mockumentary style for for us in right. the know. But yeah, I just I it's so gross now. <laughs> I want to talk about it. You take over. So they find Kelly and they realize, like, oh god, like she's not, she's not who they think she is. She's she. Leslie's gonna be so mad. Does that mean he'll let us go? And so they get everybody downstairs and they start like, okay, Kelly, what are we gonna do? And I believe she gets killed almost. In, oh, she jumps out a window, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Yes, because uh, Kelly goes to get out one of the windows and grabs onto a branch and falls to her death and everybody's like uh this this plan is not this is not the plan we had planned for you know what i mean like this is not the plan leslie walked us through so taylor's trying her best to keep everybody from falling into the traps that leslie has set and but it's kind of not working like the plan is going pretty much how leslie says like these guys are gonna die in this way but it's instead of this guy it's the other guy and it's in the stoners instead of the jock and he puts in the woodshed and all that sort of stuff so everything they start realizing like no this was this was all part of Leslie's plan. Like this was from the beginning. Taylor turns out is actually a virgin and she was the one that Leslie had set up. This whole thing was for her. Yeah. She even mentions, oh, he's adjusting for the extra people. And the camera guys are like, what extra people? Us. We're a part of this now. And then they like all go out to the barn and they're kind of looking out, making sure he's not near. And that's when she realize, realizes that well, she's... It, it, uh, wait, yeah, she does realize it first, but she doesn't express it. No. She starts she, freaking out. Yeah, because you would. But the other girl who's still alive is like, wait a minute. You're a virgin. You're the virgin, aren't you? It was it was a cool little turn. scene. I like that. Yeah, cool little turn in there. Yeah. One of the camera guys, she kills the... Or Leslie kills the last two of the students. One of the camera guys is like, I know what to do. Nobody's allowed to escape. That's one of the rules. I'm going to make a run for it. You guys go over there. And, you know, I'll make a run for it. He'll have to chase me in and it'll give you guys a chance to get away. Mm-hmm. And so he starts running and taunting Leslie and Leslie comes after him. And there's that really sad part of like Leslie tackles him to the ground and he's like, Leslie, it's me. It's me. We're friend. Like, you know, it's me. It's uh, what's his name? Todd or whatever. It's, yeah. it's Todd. It's Todd. It's Todd. And I think he even pulls Leslie's mask off and Leslie just like puts it back on and then murders him by breaking his neck yeah uh, leslie comes back to the farm looking for because at this point it's just taylor and what was the other cameraman's name doug right yes or did i mix up the two cameramen whatever they're not that important well the the one talks You're about like, like it's really heartbreaking he's not important <laughs> well it was just very sad of just like the like no we're bros we're bro no we're not yeah he comes back into the barn and is is terrorizing them and then ahab shows up and or no they are waiting for him to come back into the barn the ahab shows mm-hmm. up dr hollern shows up and they hit him over the head with something? 
They attack him somehow. Yeah, I'd... knock him out. And they're like, oh, God, we killed the only other guy that could help us. And then they're, they're running and she finds a window to kind of, it's like a grain chute. Mm-hmm. To jump through. To jump through. So she is trying to get through that opening and Leslie comes in and sees Doug or whatever the other camera guy's Doug, name is. Yes, and slams him up against a wall, knocks him out, and she gets away while that's happening. She goes into the cider room because it's an apple orchard. Earlier in the film, he had set up that like the cider crusher or whatever was going to be the scene of like, this is where it all will lead to. And this is going to be, oh, it's going to be bloody. Right. And so this is all part of his plan still. So she runs in there and hides really well because he comes in and he's like looking around and watching for imperceptible like movement of chains and whatnot and he can't find her she swings a chain with a hook on it towards him knocks him out of the way or knocks him down to where she can attack him puts his head in the apple crusher and starts crushing his head crushing his head and he says something to her doesn't he yeah he says something to her Oh, wait, we missed the part about her being chased in the apple orchard, but that's fine. Yeah, she gets chased through the apple orchard before this. <laughs> and she takes a swing and the axe yeah, hand- get... handle falls off of the... She does hit him with the axe in the side, and mm-hmm. but yeah, the head comes off, so she can't use it again. So she just got a stick. <laughs> she's running around with it. And she stumbles wall. across Todd's body and she's like, I'm so sorry, Todd. Thank you. That's when she gets the axe, right? Because he's propped him up when... into a ch- tool shed or something. Maybe. Because it was originally, I think, was it supposed to be the stoners that were in this tool shed? It was originally supposed to be the jock, but then he adjusted it to the stoners when there was extra people. Okay, okay. And then, yeah, it became Todd, I guess. And then she gets the axe and then... Anyway, she crushes Leslie's head. <laughs> Leslie's head, yes. And then sets fire to the <laughs> the yes. cider shack. Douses the whole thing in like... Gasoline or Two gallons worth yeah. of gasoline. And uh, she goes out and she finds Doug and Doc Holler and are still alive. There you go. So... And that's kind of wraps up the movie. Leslie is dead. And then they start playing uh, Talking Head, Psycho Killer. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good song. I enjoyed that song. Uh, but what's really great about the ending is during the credits, you see there's like the CCTV footage of the, the morgue. The morgue. Mm-hmm. And they, they bring Leslie in in his charred body. Charred body. And the mortician is sitting there like taking notes over at the table with his back to the body and the body sits up. And I'm like, ah, that's, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and that's Behind the Mask. Yeah. Run, 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 run away. I got squeaky there at the end. What were your thoughts about the rise of Leslie Vernon? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it to the point where. Do we want to let them know that we had to watch it over to Sure. Okay. I enjoyed it to the point where once I felt, felt myself falling asleep, I told you to stop it. And we we finished it the next night. It's just been some some really long days. It work. has been a very long. Our Instagram is running behind right now. <laughs> and we'll continue to do so. But that's okay. I liked it so much that when I felt myself falling asleep, I told you to stop it and we would finish it the next night. And Which I hate doing. but yeah, I hate doing too because there's this whole thing. But it was a good point to kind of stop at because everything before that point was the planning and it was the, mm. the like tender moment between Taylor and Leslie. Can we just discuss the fact that both of their names could either be boy names or girl names? Well, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Taylor and Leslie. Like I'm, I'm wondering... 
like was that planned you know did they use those names specifically for the, the fact that they are like genderless but anyway it was when they were talking and, and it was right before everything started happening mm-hmm. so it was a, a, like a breath everything before it was planning and everything after it was going to be action so I was like this is a good point to stop and then come back to the next night so I enjoyed it enough to, to give it that respect <laughs> I I really enjoyed the last song I felt it perfect went well song. yeah perfect it, song it went really well with the thing and I enjoyed Eugene and his wife mm-hmm. like the idea that you can make it work <laughs> I guess I don't know. I really loved how nonchalant, oh, he's in the tank. Yeah, you should probably go get him. It's been a couple days. Like, just, is she in love with him? (laughs) Is she trying to kill him? (laughs) Is she okay with him doing stupid stuff that maybe kills himself? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little whatever. But it, it was a fun watch. I liked it. Me too. I, I think this movie is, it's not the best made movie, but... But that's the beauty of it. It doesn't have to be because it's student <laughs> it, it, film it, it seems like a documentary, you know? yeah. The actors are, do a, a commendable job, you know. They, they do the best they can. Taylor uh, is amazing. Taylor's pretty good. Um, Leslie is okay. Um, but, you know, I think the script could have used another couple of passes. But yeah. this movie is unique. It's such a unique idea. Even though we'd already had Scream, which kind of covers a lot of this too, of like... This is how you survive a horror film. Well, like, okay, let's see what that is from the other side. It's such a unique and cool idea. I kind of wish he'd been talking about doing a sequel, and I kind of hope he does, just because I want to see what else he has to say about horror films. He hasn't done much beside this, Scott Glosserman. Anyway, I, yeah, I think this movie, people should check it out. It's it's pretty fun. So food. So food. <laughs> For me, the big thing was the apple orchard, and so I'm thinking apple stuff. What do you think? Yes, apple cider. Red's apple cider and that's all just get trashed on apple cider (laughs) apple pie apple fritters apple fritters apple dumpling there is i don't know like i'm hesitant to to bring it up because i don't want to make it but there was a recipe years ago when i was in college that i looked up that was an apple jalapeno pie oh like a savory, hot, like spicy, savory apple pie. I'm pretty okay with spicy, sweet apple pie with jalapenos, and I think that could work. No, it's not savory. I'm sorry. Spicy, sweet? Spicy, sweet. Yeah. That's what I meant. I didn't mean savory. <laughs> Edit that out. A sweet, spicy pie. You could always do a summer salad as well with apple pieces in it. Yeah. Pork chops and applesauce. We've done pork chops for yeah. We did pork chops a couple of times. I think. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not so keen on on that. But there has to be another apple like entree. You know, ham or like ham is something you could do something sweet with because a lot of pork products are really salty, mm-hmm. so they go really well with apple. Ooh, apple glazed ham. I don't know if that's a thing. Make that a thing, people out there in the <laughs> podcast world. Well, there's like the honey baked ham. I'm sure we could do like an apple thing. That's what that. I'm saying. Honey's an apple glazed ham. We could do that. You want to do that? I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. No. Anyway. I'm like, what can I buy to be like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Red's apple ale. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cider, apple pie. We'll do apple sort of... juice for our sober friends. Mm-hmm. You know, sparkling apple juice. That might be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> for our sober and underage friends. How about? Okay. There you go. Apple juice. We need to, we need to zazzle it up a little bit. Don't just Zazzles. drink. Don't don't just drink apple juice. We'll 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 do a mocktail with with apple juice. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. Okay, cool. Cool. Pinterest here I come. <laughs> oh, apples and peanut butter. Oh yeah, that's a nice little snack. It's I wouldn't consider it an entree. I'll I'll look on Pinterest for entrees too. 
Stay tuned to our Instagram. <laughs> Eventually, we will update it. If you we are still haven't not. done the candy yet, but we, we will get this too. If you haven't already subscribed to our Instagram or follow our Instagram because you can't subscribe, it's a follow thing. If you haven't already followed our Instagram, it is at Murder She Don't. On the Instagram. On, on the Instas. On the Insta. As on the, the IG. Say. Oh, God. The IG and the, on the SM social media. What? Sorry. <laughs> So we always rate our films on a scale of one to ten. Mm-hmm. But one to ten what's? Depends on the film. What are we going to rate Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon? One to ten creepy masks. One to ten apple orchards? That was awful. I know. Yeah. Uh, one to ten apple presses. One to ten virginal womb closets. There's a part in the one he's like, you can't penetrate the closet while they're hiding in there because it's like the womb and you're safe. And I don't know. It's very weird. Wow. Yeah, no, not that, because I don't remember that part. Because <laughs> it's gross and... I remember something vaguely about it, but I refuse to uh, drudge any more of that up. So, <laughs> Yeah, there, there's the... <laughs> I forgot it for a reason. There's the three parts of the movie where I'm just like, oh, those are a little weird, where he's talking about like how a closet is like a womb, how her grasping on to a phallic object allows her to have the power and everything, and I'm just like, ugh, gross. You don't need a penis to be powerful metaphorical or not the opening to the apple orchard being like a birth canal <laughs> where she will emerge fully formed and he has vagina envy he, he's what it got, yeah like. this whole thing is a little weird <laughs> of all the many problems leslie has oh so many so many problems so one to ten ahabs one to ten ahabs one to ten scythes 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 it's fun to say the multiple of scythe. It sounded like you Scythes. were, uh, what is it called in Harry Potter? You were, you were speaking. Parcel tongue. Slither. Parcel tongue. Yes. One to ten overalls. I know you love overalls. I do love overalls. But, overalls. But that's not like an iconic part of the movie. <laughs> one to ten Todd's. He really took one for the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. Scythe. 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 We're going to go Scythe. So I would rate Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. So I would not put this movie as high as Halloween, but I wouldn't put it as bad as Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I would put it above A Quiet Place, though. So that was going to put it at a 7. Behind the Mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon is a 7. It's got flaws, but it's a movie everybody should check out. But yeah, it's not a perfect film. It is, I don't want to say amateurly made but it is it, i mean it's made by people who are not film professionals but it's such a strong concept the visuals are very good and i lo- really like the way it's presented like the whole cutting back and forth between documentary and film and or mockumentary i guess but anyway it is it is one i would check out if you are at all a f- horror movie fan but it's, it's probably one of those you should watch after watching a bunch of slasher films to get a greater appreciation of it so yeah Seven. Okay. How about you? I give it a solid six scythes. Six scythes. Six scythes. Yeah, it was an easy watch for me. I was kind of expecting more from it. Like when you first started talking about it, I was like, oh, it's an actual documentary of how they make slasher films. No, (laughs) it's not what it was. But after my confusion was cleared up a little bit, I, I enjoyed it. It was made to look like it was shot by amateurs, but I do think that most of the camera work was done by people who knew what they were doing. They were pretending like they didn't know what they were doing kind of thing. And so I I appreciated that it made it feel more authentic as if it was film students creating this piece of journalistic endeavor 
thing, whatever. Words. Piece uh, of journalistic endeavor. <laughs> You're padding out this, this <laughs> aren't you? No. I've got to make it to 100 words. Piece of journalistic endeavor? I almost said journalistic integrity, but I was like, mm, it's not very integrous with her being like, I love him. She never says it, but she is so See, I never got that. Like, I thought she was not in love with him. I thought she was fascinated by him and kind of, okay. Do you, I don't recognize human emotions. You know that. What is love? <laughs> Baby, Baby, don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. <laughs> don't hurt me no more. Like, you have no idea no. what love looks like. Like, watch. I need to make you, since I'm watching all of these horror movies, I need to make you watch romantic comedies so you understand where I'm coming from when I contextualize, like, the way she looks at him and the way she's like... <laughs> when she's over at Eugene's like I she's mean, part of the big family and she wants in like she sees this camaraderie between them and she's like hey this could be me she looks at Eugene's wife and they make that suggestion that she was a survivor girl and she's like wow this could work like she starts putting the pieces together and then she realizes oh wait but people have to die like that's not cool and that's where her line is and that's when the line gets crossed like I I, I think I can see it you know what I mean but and it never occurred to me while watching it either time I've seen this movie that she was in love with him. I thought she was more fascinated by the subject. And How are we married? I don't know. I wear my heart on my sleeve all the time. Maybe since I'm so over emotional, like blatantly so, maybe that's why you got it through your skull that I, I kind of dug on you. But I, <laughs> you're like, ah, that didn't cross my mind. That's all I could think of. <laughs> like, that's all I could. When you point it out, then <sighs> there, there's a couple of moments when I'm like, okay, yeah, I can I can see where she would think that. But it didn't hit, occur to me at first. And then her being excited that they had an Ahab and then was like, what's an Ahab? <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Ah, ah, we got Do you have anything else to say about Behind the Mask? It's good. You should see it. Six. Solid six. Okay. So if you have not checked out our Instagram, like we said earlier, Murder She Don't on Instagram and Murder She Don't Want on Twitter to get reminders when the new episodes are up and teases for the next episode, stuff like that. And if you know the person who owns (laughs) or controls the handle Murder She Don't without the one, like just (laughs) Murder She Don't on Twitter. Give us. If you could give (laughs) get in contact with us and be like, hey, uh, just so you know, we don't make any money on this podcast. We don't put sponsors in because it's just a hobby we picked up during quarantine so we don't have money to give you but we would really like to negotiate (laughs) maybe making you an apple dumpling or (laughs) we could send you some jello in the mail (laughs) oh god no we can't it'll look the same way (laughs) (laughs) and again please give me your jello tips Yes, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Next week, join us for we will be watching a listener request. Probably our most important listener. Sorry, all the other listeners. But he's the one who made it sound us sound not as bad as we used to. <laughs> Yes. I go back and listen to those now and I'm like, wow, we can, I can barely hear. Like, it's all, it, we sound so much better now. So thank we you, did. Chris. Be, for that, we are going to watch Night of the Demons from 1988, I think. I don't know. I'll have, I'll, I'll have all the information next week when we review it. But. So check with us then. And remember, lace, lace your boots, boots up, up, kitties. kitties. <laughs>